The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, almost every other show these days, we talk about the crazy, crazy problems we have in trying to interface, isn't that a technical term, with our guests via Skype. And quite often they have difficulties. As they did this time, we have filmmaker Darcy Weir. And that works okay. We have podcaster producer Brandon Thomas, who was talking to us on his smartphone because his Skype connection was defeating the best efforts to conquer Microsoft's limitations on Mac users. That's pretty accurate, yeah. That's amazing, yeah, spot on. (laughs) Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. Before we get started, I just want to mention something in passing, or a couple of things in passing, and that is the passing of one of the occasional guests on the Paracast, a woman who wrote about strange creatures in her part of the world, Linda Godfrey. So we're really sad not to hear from her anymore. And for those of you in the rock and roll world, of course, Christine McPhee of Fleetwood Mac. She died at the age of 79 and lived to a ripe old age. And anyone who enjoyed the music from the 70s and 80s probably encountered the Fleetwood Mac songs and all the soap opera goings-on amongst the members, which became almost a story in itself. any case, let's try to get to something that's alive. Darcy Weir is a filmmaker, and he's focused on a lot of the real unusual stuff in our world, He has a film called Secret Space UFOs, NASA's First Mission. I think we're talking about the secret space program there. He also had a film out that I got to see about Bigfoot. Darcy, of all the things one wants to do in the world, why did you become a documentary filmmaker and why did you focus on these topics? Well, you know... To be honest, Gene, I I really just wanted to be a filmmaker. I went to school and I was getting, you know, all studied up on how to make a fiction film initially. And I came across documentary filmmaking in my earlier age at university, basically studying sociology, because a lot of sociologists like Noam Chomsky They've been making documentaries to explain their thesis to the world. I thought, hey, this is a cool medium to also explain and and, uh, demonstrate 
interesting ideas and and that's all you do in film you know in fiction film there's often a lot of fact sort of hidden in the fiction narrative but yeah let's say fact is stranger than fiction and and documentaries that focus on ufo's secret space programs and bigfoot are stranger than fact you know stranger than fiction fact but just presented in a film medium so i i really enjoy doing that and i started doing that in 2000 pretty much 2010 is when i was recording my very first documentary so it's been uh, and and then i published that first one in 2012 on underground bases and Phil Schneider and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, fast forward to 2022, I've published over 10 feature length documentaries, all focusing on different subjects. One of them recently I did on cryptocurrency on Bitcoin. It's called the Bitcoin field guide. And here I am with you guys on the Paracast talking about UFOs and and Bigfoot, which Bigfoot one did you watch? The one where Dr. Meldrum had a substantial role. Okay, he's had a substantial role in two films I did. Uh, one is called The Unwanted Sasquatch. And uh, people say, "Don't didn't you spell unwanted wrong? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's an old English sort of uh, word, meaning scarce, hard to find, you know, irregular. And uh, the second documentary I had him featured in is called Sasquatch Among Wild Men. And that's more of like an international, wild, relic hominid uh, sightings expose and um, all the different cultures that have reported sort of a a Bigfoot or Sasquatch type being. So China, Russia, um, you know, even in the Middle East and uh, United States, Canada, all that, how it relates. Which one did you watch? (laughs) The one among wild men. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, that's the, the, the latest foray into studying this cryptid sighting uh, phenomenon. One thing I've always wondered here, and you got, of course, these casts of footprints, And we should talk about your focus of that film. We'll go into the other one later. But in this particular one here, what were you trying to demonstrate? Um, In this one, it was kind of like a sequel to... Sasquatch Among Wild Men was a sequel to The Unwanted Sasquatch. And um, in my first documentary, I was basically going over the history in North America uh, between the United States and Canada and all the sightings that, you know, were kind of like mass witness sightings, um, meaning more than one people that were being affected by a creature in the wilderness, uh, pictures taken, film. And, you know, we studied the casts, the footprints, and discussed the foot pathology and how it's different from a human foot in a certain way. Um, it shows it shows a lot more prehension 
like kind of like a, um, a gorilla's foot has more of a hand uh, ability to grab on to terrain and uh, and limbs and stuff like that of trees. But in the second documentary, like I said, we did cover a little bit of the pathology of the foot, but then we covered sightings from around the world that are outside of North America. And people will always say, like, well, how come Sasquatch or Bigfoot is only a creature that we've seen in the United States or Canada? Why, why is it that no other cultures have reported on this type of creature before? And the truth is that even back in Sumerian Babylonian times, they had the uh, Book of Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh's best friend that he actually meets in the wild is a what you would describe as like a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. Um, and they had there's a whole part of that epic where they are wrestling and, and they go on adventures together. And uh, the wild man is more like a creature than a normal human, super strong, able to, you know, climb mountainsides and stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, that is kind of like an earlier wild man tale in history. And then you actually do have a fossil record uh, in in anthropology that actually proves that we have all these different monkey sort of men in on our planet. Um, some date back to 200,000 years ago. Some date back to 100,000 years ago. Darcy Rebrick. We'll have more. Talk about Bigfoot and the documentaries he's produced. Darcy Weir, also podcaster Brandon Thomas, is with us. With Gene and Tim, you're in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text MONEY to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting the word DEMO, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text MONEY to 813 813- 813. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So when we were talking with Darcy Weir about the strange creatures, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the various, I guess you call them unknown because they haven't been classified by science. So Darcy, are you basically suggesting here that these are all creatures that are perfectly normal, but we just haven't got them cataloged yet? I think it's... Yeah. To to be honest, I, I, I think that 
you look at what is cataloged and you look at what people are saying that they've seen in these sightings throughout history from around the world, different cultures from around the world. And it makes more sense that what we've cataloged as being extinct is actually very alive, but in scarce populations in deep wilderness in different parts of the world. So, for example, in China, there are still sightings, and the most prevalent sightings were in the 70s, 80s, and 90s of their Bigfoot, which is called the Yeren. This is found in the most commonly cited in the Sheningia National Rainforest. Sasquatch Bigfoot, by all accounts, fits the same description. The foot pathology looks the same. Their bodies being covered with thick fur or hair is very similar. Having a upright walking posture, but looking kind of like a monkey man, it, or not a monkey man, let's say an ape-like man would be more apt as a description. These are all common similarities between sightings in North America and, say, China. And most of the time, these happen in national rainforests, whether that's on the west coast of the North America or sometimes deciduous rainforests and stuff like that on the uh, east side. Yeah, I think that if you look back in history, we even had the Bering Land Bridge or the Ice Bridge that connected our continent to Asia. So those creatures could have came across to North America through Alaska and into northern Canada very easily, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. And the population is not super dense when you go far north in North America. We do have sightings there in northern British Columbia. In the 1960s, it was the, the famous Bob Gimlin, uh, Patterson-Gimlin film uh, of Paddy, and that was in northern California. So, you know, they're seen. It's just not as often these days. And I think cultures have recorded in their oral and written histories sightings of wild men, creatures that are not human, that are living in the forest why did you decide to uh, to do documentaries um, about Sasquatch? I mean, you have done uh, documentaries uh, about uh, UFOs, and a lot of times filmmakers, you know, they don't want to stray too far. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll do films about UFOs, but Bigfoot, oh, that's crazy stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you've uh, uh, you've managed to uh, bring both of them into your fold. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I didn't really believe in the whole Sasquatch Bigfoot sightings theory initially. Um I, I was a hardcore UFO researcher, and I didn't think uh, there was any reality to cryptids, really. And then um, I was at a, um, a festival called Sasquatch Days that's actually held by the native Canadians, the indigenous folks that live outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, 
in an area called Harrison Hot Springs, um, where the, the native tribe, the Stahelis, have been living for thousands of years. And in their totem pole, they have, you know, um, the Sasket and uh, J.W. Burns, an English teacher who lived on their reserve in the 19, early 1900s. He first coined the word Sasquatch, uh, the word Sasquatch. He first coined that because he sort of mispronounced Sasquatch, which is their their indigenous word for this creature that has been living in the forest among them for as long as they've been here. And um, when I was at that festival, I met with two researchers that live in the area, and they literally moved to this area to live, to continue to research and try and catch sightings themselves. So I knew something was up. I, I hadn't met too many people at this point in my life, you know, early 20s, um, that would do such a wild and bizarre thing to move to a different area of the world just to try and catch a glimpse of a, you know, some fabled creature. Um, and once I went over all of the picture data and the oral and, and written data that they'd shown me from their own adventures into the forest, chasing these things and, um, their accounts of the real history of Bigfoot in the United States, then I was like hooked, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess I, I was convinced. Uh, and once you, I've got a pretty logical mind. I, I would say I'm not one of the believers in Bigfoot being supernatural and being able to step through like portals and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's my job. <laughs> that's more that's more for Brandon. He's he's the expanding reality guy. Um but uh I think Bigfoot as a creature, like a living being that has just not been acknowledged by mainstream science, but there's all this evidence that it exists. But you know, UFOs haven't been fully acknowledged at the breadth that the UFO community would like the mainstream science academic community to acknowledge them either. So I think those two things cross over for me, and that's where I um, get attracted to both subjects, but more so UFOs these days. It's certainly true, Darcy, that UFOs are becoming more and more accepted by some elements of the scientific community. Listen, I want to ask Brandon his point of view here, because as you say, you focus on possible physical missing links or whatever creatures that exist in this world. And eventually we should be able to find out enough about them to be able to catalog them and who knows, maybe capture a few. But Brandon, I get the impression and we'll pick this up in our next segment. Brandon, that is that you take the more paraphysical or paranormal aspect to it. We're talking to Darcy Weir, filmmaker, Brandon Thomas. He is a podcaster, fellow broadcaster. Mordecai with Gene and with Tim, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. USA Radio News. Russian officials say that the countries that supported a $60 cap on a barrel of their oil may not see a drop of it in the future. They're reacting to a decision by Western supporters of Ukraine, which includes the United States, on what they would pay for crude from the Kremlin. President Biden says he knows that an agreement with rail workers forced upon them by him and Congress does not have the sick pay that they wanted, but he insists that the fight is not over for that. Workers in four unions that deal with heavy freight, workers in four unions that deal with freight rail, were blocked from striking after the president signed a resolution. Iranian state television says there will be a new nuclear power plant in the southwestern part of their country. The announcement comes amid tensions between Washington and Tehran. Indiana's near-total ban on abortion is blocked by a second state judge following a lawsuit. The U.S. is out of the World Cup, falling to the Netherlands 3-1. to This is USA Radio News. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. I need to pay bills. When is my tax refund coming? I need to pay my taxes. What are my payment options? I need to set up a payment plan. How do I do that? I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? I need help with my taxes. Does the IRS offer free help? I need a tax preparer. How should I choose one? Need answers to your tax questions? Go to irs.gov. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. 
Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So there you go, Brandon. It's your turn. You don't think they're yes, physical, so. or you think they're physical from another reality? Ooh, I'm a possibilian. There's a guy named Dr. David Eagleman, a brilliant scientist, videos all over the Internet. Um, one of the videos that I saw of him a long time ago, because I've found myself caught between this idea of loving science but not necessarily convinced that it had as much figured out as it said it did, and then I felt that I was a little bit beyond the religion part of it. I'd already kind of checked that off the list. It wasn't necessary anymore, and it didn't serve me moving forward. And so I found this uh, gentleman who explained it as a possibilion, and that means exactly that. It fits into this category of, you know, we don't know what all's going on here, but we have a pretty good idea. It's not a certain set of things, and we feel perhaps it's certain other things that people are pretty certain about that are really loud about them, or at least getting the most attention with the idea, perhaps have a limited viewpoint. And so I kind of look at this place as very, very flexible. Just going into this first and foremost, there's a quote that I always say from a movie called Dogma with Kevin Smith, and it came out a long time ago. It's a very silly movie, but one of the lines in there from the character that Chris Rock played said, I don't have beliefs, I have ideas, because ideas are easier to change. And that just rung a bell in me, you know, that just stuck with me. And so honestly, I can have a conversation with you about how it's absolutely plausible that the Earth is probably flat, maybe even a simulation. And I can also talk to you that perhaps it's a round sphere ball, and I have no problem engaging in that and all the cool stuff like the Faluba prophecy and things. I love it. I love all of it. But I'm not married to any one thing because I don't feel I have as much information as I need to make that determination from where I'm at. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. I'm okay with if I'm just surprised by the universe constantly. I've really got that flexible flexibility in my perception of this place. Now, having said that, I do think that people are witnessing very interesting things. And the subjectivity in especially the UFO contact phenomenon is something I've played very close attention to. On the show as well, we talk to a psychologist. I'm a psychonaut, as it were. So we talk about plant medicines and things like that. And so I've got a real squeegeed third eye kind of a thing. And so I look at this as a really broad perspective. And I appreciate the nuts and bolts folks. I, I love Darcy and him and I have had so many great conversations about just the possibilities, right? And that's really what I'm into. When it comes to this, depending on how far out you want to go, I mean, we can just even, I mean, point out that John Keel, of course, thought of these window areas, right? Where these places like Mothman, UFOs, Bigfoot, all of it could be some sort of connected interdimensional phenomena that maybe even their own, from their own physical dimensions, and they have access to this one, like a myriad of them, different perhaps options, but maybe there's something else. And that's where it goes really, really deep. And I'm not sure you know, how far you want to take it here, but my first approach at this is that it's all connected. The, the phenomena is all connected in some way, but it presents itself in different ways. And this is just where I'm at with it. Well, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, as if if you follow the guests and the conversations we've we've had on the show, you know, it, uh, it 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 pretty closely follows our own line of thinking. But I like I like that name though. The, <laughs> the uh, uh, 
I'm going to a billion. I'll send you a link. It's Dr. David Eagleman. Man, he created a hat vest for deaf people to be able to hear sound, feel sound. The guy is an absolute genius. He's a neuroscientist, but he had this just one-off talk that he did. I don't even remember the date, but I've watched the video a thousand times. It's it's on YouTube. It's called The Possibilian um, by da- Dr. David Eagleman. Yeah, highly, highly recommended. It. It's a perception shifter for sure. Well, I can see how a lot of people, though, would say, oh, you know, that's that's a cop-out, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you're not going one way or the other. You're just, you know, stay into the middle. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, but it offers you a great point of discovery, right? Because all the people that were told mm-hmm. to stay in the middle are never the people that got anything cool done, you know? <laughs> um, the middle's been explored, you know what I mean? I, I'm I'm very big into pushing the bounds of that, and that's why my show's called Expanding Reality. And you and I have actually shared a couple of guests. I was looking up your dossier, and uh, Philip Mantle's a great friend of mine, great friend of the show, uh, Dr. Raymond Scott as well. And um, so, yes, we converse with similar folk, but, man, it, it definitely alters the way that you view things. And when you talk to enough folks on a wide enough subject base, as long as you're able to hear it, you know, and really listen to people, um, there's a lot of connections that can be made, but it also expands the possibilities in which that's where it goes, and it's never-ending. Anybody that tells me they have it figured out, I'm very skeptical of, because I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> well, Darcy, um, considering that uh, uh, you skew more towards the actual physical possibility you know, of these these creatures, I mean, kind of... And I know this is all this you know, speculation, but I mean, you know, how would you see uh, seven, possibly, you know, up to twelve foot tall creatures able to really travel all over the world? I mean, of course, they all have their own uh, uh, niches, but um, you know, without being seen more, getting hit by a truck, snatching up kindergartners for for lunch, that sort of thing. Well, I think we do have evidence of all three of those things happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there have been reports of actually the vast majority of Bigfoot or Sasquatch or even Wild Man. You know, they're all the same thing. A Yeren, for example. Um, the vast majority of the reports are nighttime cars, uh, drivers going across um, sort of a rural or forested road and uh they see in their headlights these things crossing the road that's the vast majority of the reports it's a fleeting it's kind of like a a a glimpse of these creatures as they're on their way so there are suggestions that they are nocturnal um the human eye does not have the adaptation of night vision it does not have the eye shine that you see if you take a flashlight and shine it in the eyes of a raccoon at night or deer. That's why they have these weird glowing eyes when you see them in the headlights, hence the description deer in the headlights. Their eyes change, and that's because they're adapted to see better at night. Um, so what I'm saying is, all three of those things, uh, people have reported um, there's the Olmasty Ol- is a Russian wild man. And supposedly in Russian history, Olmasty's had stolen women and impregnated them. Um, 
and children have gone missing in the forest. There, the um, tale of the Zunaqua in one of the Native American tribes is to um, children not to go venture far in the forest. The Zunaqua might take you. So they want them to stay closer by. I think that's not by accident. Um, we do see in primate behavior, for example, chimpanzees have stolen um, the the children uh, of humans and, and cannibalized them. So this is normal primate behavior. Um, if you're a carnivore, you'll eat all kinds of flesh, right? So uh, all those examples have happened throughout history. They're just not really well reported in the mainstream media. Um, you know, if you go on YouTube, you can see a police cruiser video of something that crosses in front of its headlights and the, the policeman uh, says, what the heck was that? I think he was escorting some woman home, like driving her home. At night, uh, on a logging road, they saw something run across the highway, and it looked like a seven-foot or eight-foot hairy hominid escaping the car. So that's that's something that is out there. You can find footage of that, and I find that to be credible. We're going to have more about Bigfoot and with UFOs and the secret space program with Darcy Brandon, Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So I'm thinking here of Harry and the Hendersons, Darcy, a film about Bigfoot being a perfectly normal such as we can consider it normal. But the question I have here, which is why I think some people look for a paranormal answer, is the fact that over all the years, we have had very limited evidence, you know, tracks, possibly the casts, any so-called DNA has been subject to question. Why is it so hard to prove this? Because the mainstream academic scientific community usually requires huge amounts of funding uh, and a scientific journal to be published in order to prove something, right? We have Todd Disadell, who's a uh, DNA researcher out of 
New York State, I believe. He's actually looked at hair samples and such that have been collected by Bigfoot and Sasquatch hunters and such across North America. And he's done analysis, but the problem is when you look at DNA analysis of these hair samples, it looks like a human's DNA. But if you take the hair from a chimpanzee and you run that through the same tests, it looks like human DNA. So therein lies the problem. You can't really, you can examine the hair is different. Um, for example, uh, human hair tends to have a core, kind of like a pencil, and you don't see that in the hair from a, a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or chimpanzees, for example, or gorillas. They all have that same attribute. But I think, like, my theory is that we don't want to acknowledge something could be living in the forest greater than us. And maybe the truer conspiracy is that we want to pretend that we're masters of all domains, including the wilderness. And we also don't want to give up logging rights of certain parts of the wilderness as we continue to industrialize and globalize the planet. And part of the catch there is if you do acknowledge this creature exists and that it is endangered, possibly, because it, it lives in such scarce populations, well, once you do that, you can't be logging huge amounts of forested areas in California, the you know other parts of the United States, Oregon, uh, Washington, British Columbia, where these are huge industries and you know, people's jobs depend on this. And, and I think these areas are still where you see many credible sightings. Well, you know, I think also that for, for millennia, I mean, we've been the only humans on the planet. It wasn't that long ago, but, you know, we, we shared the planet with others, you know, Neanderthals and uh, Denisovians. And if it gets out there that there is another species of humans not that far off from us, barely indistinguishable when it comes to DNA, living in the woods, maybe in the uh, gully outside of your house. You know, that's kind of like revealing that UFOs are real. I think that'd shock, really shock a lot of people. I think it would. <laughs> I think it would scare people. But yeah, you know, if you look at the work of Graham Hancock and how, you know, he challenges the mainstream archaeological history uh, and possibly also the age of modern humans, Homo sapiens, we look at traditionally Homo sapien DNA really showed up in a big way in, in science uh, around 250 to 200,000 years ago on the planet. Mm -hmm. and supposedly the Neanderthal existed at the same time, right? There are no Neanderthals left. <laughs> we killed them. Or it's said that they, you know, mated with us, and maybe we kept some of their half-breed children, and they just kept existing throughout 
the generations till now, their DNA is part of us, right? But we did a good job of killing any other creatures that were also dominate on the planet that may have been a challenge in our environment. And if you think about the Sasquatch or Bigfoot, these are probably very dominant creatures in their environment, and we would consider them a challenge as well. And I'm sure we've killed thousands of them throughout history. And if there was some cataclysmic event that happened, like a great flood at the end of the last ice age, it probably wiped out huge amounts of species that were, you know, a challenge to our environment as well. And we just climbed out of the the water and the muck and rebuilt. And these things got pushed into deeper wilderness. They're still out there, but just, as I said, living in scarce numbers, we only come across them every now and then. Brandon, here's a question for you. I was it's along the similar lines of what we've we've just been talking about. I just read an article talking about why we don't see certain kinds of ghosts, generally meaning older ghosts. Uh, there, there seems to be a certain century that we see them, and, and as far as we know, uh, it doesn't go behind that. And somebody postulated the theory that uh, the uh, Bigfoot sightings are, we're seeing ghosts of ancient hominids. I love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is so much fun. Yeah, I, I absolutely, why not, you know? I, I'm putting it on the possibility list now, and thank you for the alternative um, perception on that. You know, and one thing you can't rule out, kind of in... Um, also just adding to what we were just talking about here is that, yeah, I, I've been in the Pacific Northwest and in Vancouver in that area. And, man, there, it's, I could see something hiding in there for a while. You know, and another thing I, I thought I had to this was perhaps we can all maybe look around at this place and say that there's something amazing going on here. I know the, this show is all about it. And perhaps, the, you know, maybe it's something we say this all the time. Paranormal is probably just science that we haven't figured out yet. And so eventually, maybe it'll become to a point of science. Well, let's say that it's explainable in some way. And let's say that being able to vanish and reappear is just a natural phenomena that we haven't figured out yet or a science we don't understand. Let's say then perhaps that one could attain or be naturally born with the ability to manipulate that because it's just a science at this point, right? It's a natural phenomena. It's biological. We see it in our life as far as a tangible explanation goes. Perhaps that there's something scientifically unexplainable from our current understanding going on that's a natural biological phenomena. You look at bioluminescence or something like that. Maybe these Bigfoot creatures can just zip over into a new portal or become completely invisible like a cuttlefish or like um, something similar to what an octopus would do. Now, if it's blending in into a forest in the Pacific Northwest, you could have dozens all around you and never, never see them. It's that incredibly overstimulating as far as the the landscape goes. So as far as that goes, I mean, it's plausible. And you're talking caves and caverns in the earth, um, you know, that overlay perfectly with maps of national parks, parklands and everything. So I find it very plausible for there still to be a creature that perhaps is existing on some different level, but they can be physical and leave physical trace evidence and smell. You know, maybe they come into our dimension and fart and then go back into their own. 
And, you know, that's why they smell so horrible, right? People report that all the time. So, so people I, in the fifth dimension, thing. so people in the fifth dimension, other than having yes. Mr. Mixia's Pitalik living there, have <laughs> bad body odor because they don't understand about showers and using dove yeah, soap they, or something. Yeah, and they come into our dimension to shed it and then hop back into another one. We're just there... Um, you know, they're step away. You know, they could step away, get clean for a second, have a moment, and then hop back into their dimension and continue on with their job or something. We don't know what's going on over there. But I, I find it very interesting, and I love following these. And now I absolutely adore this idea that it's sort of a, a energetic imprint of a species that's been, you know, but then one would ask the questions, of course, then why don't you see dinosaur ghosts? And why don't you see, like, a pterodactyl ghost flying around? Um, especially perhaps at places of, you know, you think of these archaeological dig sites. Well, basically, they're like graveyards, right? And we do seances and stuff in graveyards, so why didn't why did somebody go over to those bones and do a seance and raise a dinosaur ghost? Okay, so ghosts instead of physical beings? Brandon, Darcy, Gene, and Tim, you're in. To the Pentecost! <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Brandon, I wanted to look at your mindset with regard to this phenomenon. Okay, you're suggesting it's not quite physical or can become physical, 
what evidence would indicate that, number one, there are dimensional portals, number two, that these creatures come from them? Um, so evidence would just be eyewitness reports. What people have stated the phenomena to be, this occurs a lot with folks walking in the woods that they see a Bigfoot very clearly. They'll turn a corner. After it turns a corner, completely vanished off the trail without a trace. So one could say that they either become completely optically inaccessible to us, which, I mean, we know the UFO phenomena can do that anyway. It could just, you know, do the screen memory in you. Perhaps it possesses the same ability and is connected to the phenomena in that way that it can project a screen memory into that it's just a tree standing in front of you or a fern now or that you never saw anything to begin with. And then maybe after it's at a certain proximity away from you, perhaps it's a proximal thing, then maybe its effect wears off and then you go back to remembering that you saw Bigfoot and you look around. A lot of people also with Bigfoot encounters uh, report missing time. There are some really interesting, you know, phenomena that occur alongside Bigfoot that one would say, minus the Bigfoot, they had a UFO encounter, contact experience. I would say that it's entirely possible that it's either manipulating something or that something exists to where it can become invisible. I play around with and love the idea that it can manipulate a portal and just go into it like nothing, like freezing in motion. It just creates a portal and goes in it. You know, maybe a scared mechanism for it sucks it into another dimension. If you've ever seen the movie, um, the new Doctor Strange, the, I don't know the sub name of it, but it's the one with the girl in it that can create portals. And the whole time, the only reason she can do it or the way that it operates is, is that she gets scared, right? It's an emotional response that signifies that this phenomena occurs. I'm just now thinking of this as we're talking about it. And if you connect it to this, that would be pretty cool. If you think about it too, there's emotional responses with things like monatomic goats where they just freeze up. And a lot of people think uh, playing possum is playing possum. They don't. Blood rushes to their head and they pass out. So it's a response. It elicits a physiological difference, right, in reality. And so maybe Bigfoot would get scared or knows it's seen, gets this scared response and just sucks into another dimension maybe. Maybe it's involuntary. You know, it, it might be a mechanism of the reality. Maybe it's something to where, oh, uh, they saw something they shouldn't have. It wandered out of bounds. Let's get it out of there. And it, it's a default setting. You know, assuming that portals or something like this couldn't be plausible is a hard assumption that our reality is very fixed and that we know exactly what's going on here. And I just find it very pliable, like very, very pliable. You know, when you talk about pliable realities, the examples I have are people to remembering totally different events, differently. Mm, yeah. I had a conversation with a woman named Geneva, my first wife, and we remained friends after we split up, recalling things well, that happened during our marriage. And it was like, we're talking about specific facts that were specifically totally different. And uh, she's a very bright yeah. woman. I don't think I've lost my marbles yet, maybe next year. But when you add these two factors... It makes little sense to me that we could be so different in our memories. I don't mean minor differences of what we might have said, but really major significant differences. And, of course, then we have the Mandela effect where people remember something very distinctly, but the reality is that Jaws' girlfriend in the James Bond movies did not have his teeth. Yeah, the mo uh, Monopoly man never had a monocle at all. Even though it was parodied in tons of things, don't get me going on the Mandela effect, brother. I will, I will just take this over. And now, what you're talking about here is consensus reality, and something very interesting at a level, man. I could break everybody's mind right here and just tell you that you're you're on your own, and there's no one else here, and that reality is you think it exists does not, or perhaps is possibly not, and that it's just you. 
Uh, you can watch a great seven-minute video on this called The Egg on YouTube. Very quick seven-minute watch. It's amazing. It will blow your mind. But to what you said about your interpretation of an event, even with your ex-spouse, which I adore the fact that you guys were able to remain amicable, very mature. So the eyewitness uh, testimony is the least um, considered in court cases because it's so floppy. Your interpretation of reality is what we're talking about here. There is a piece of your mind called the reticular activating system. And what its job is, is to show you physically, to highlight in your reality what you believe to be true. Now, that fact alone should give everyone pause to grab their inventory of what they've been believing and what their paradigm is and reassess. Because what you're doing there is a, a great example. Um, you're thinking of someone and then they call you, right? This is this connection, this is this idea. But in your physical reality, if you are, let's say, uh, in the market for a blue Tesla, you've never had one before, you've rarely seen them, you think they're really cool, all you are going to see is blue Teslas around you all the time. And you're going to notice them constantly. Now, the question becomes, are there really that many blue Teslas on the road and you just never saw them before because you weren't paying attention? Or did you create those in your reality because you gave them attention and chose to have that experience? And then it was manifest in front of you because that's what your attention was focused on. And that's what your energy brings forth. The same occurs with the UFO phenomena. One person standing there will see a UFO five feet in front of their face. It's hovering almost right there. The person standing directly to their right does not. There seems to also be, from my perspective and observation, an energetic component to this place where there's complementary energies that are attracted to one another. And in this way, you can then put together the reticular activating system. You can look for a second at the placebo effect and how you can just have things affect you or not. Uh, then the double slit experiment, and you can really cook your noodle on the fact that you're probably not in a reality with everyone and that you're creating everything you see in front of you vibrationally, depending on what your paradigm is, which you can change at any time. I always like the idea, and I think I first heard it suggested here on the Paracast a couple of years ago, is that however the internal structure of the universe and how it was created, it's probably very similar to what we would call coding in computer, with computers. And that like any kind of program, there's going to be bugs. And that our reality has bugs in it. And that a lot of these para, what we would call paranormal events, cryptid sightings, things that appear and disappear, is just bugs in the system. It's one possible explanation, and I'm, I'd never rule anything out. But what I would say to that would be that it's a pretty sophisticated system, and I do see glitches occurring. One one thing that I've been questioning that will, will kind of uh, point what I'm saying here would be that um, I've been looking at the missing time phenomena a little bit differently. I don't necessarily, yes, perhaps something occurred during that missing time. But what I did was step back and say, why is there missing time? If these entities can do anything they want, they can manipulate time space. Um, they obviously have the ability to uh, overtake your consciousness and either make you remember or not, make you see them as something they're not or not. Um, you know, at a level, this could all be gin, and that's a whole different conversation. But uh, then the way that they can apprehend all that, now, at a level, then that's, that's a big deal. That's, that's a massive apprehension of your consciousness. And for something to be able to do that is a very sophisticated machine. Now, if it's a machine, and this is just sort of like a simulation, let's say, then this is an 
option here. It's it's like a if it is a simulation and you do perhaps have a choice about the goings on on the other side at perhaps a detached level from your current understanding, then maybe it's all chosen, right? And this, you know, marries beautifully with the spirituality concept of unity consciousness and we're all one and all of that. It is the simulation argument and that marry beautifully. One's just more of a technocratic or um, sort of a technological way of phrasing it, but that their core those two understandings of science and spirituality finally merging on a common conversation like that is what I'm super excited about because now uh, this is where we're starting to discover, especially with quantum physics being brought into the conversation, that perhaps all conscious, all technology, no matter what it looks like at a level, is consciousness. And really, when you look at it like that, and that you know these glitches occur, such as again missing time, maybe again it's a deeper thing. Maybe we look like maybe perhaps a, a short-sighted way of looking at it, an antiquated way of looking at it, rather, th that they bungled it or that it's a byproduct, and it's simply that. I perhaps think that missing time itself is the fact that you have it is a step into the paranormal. Let's do this paranormal thingy here with Brandon, Darcy, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe. But some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, when it comes to missing time, the usual scenario is that someone or something abducts you takes you away to do what they're going to do. You have no memory of it. You have memory of the beginning of the event. But what they did, everything you went through, is stricken from your memory, although it may be recovered later, or you might remember it later. And then when you remember again, you're off on the road somewhere 20 miles away, it's two hours later. That's the general concept of missing time. Yes, absolutely. But it also occurs in other phenomena. Psychedelics. Uh, you can drink too much and have missing time, right? That's a joking through, like, a physical way of talking about it, but that occurs. Also, Bigfoot, again, phenomena. People have reported seeing a Bigfoot and then missing two hours and being back to their tent way after dark, way longer than they should have. Well, why was missing time associated with a Bigfoot experience? No UFO reported. People were totally into UFOs said, nope, no UFO. It was Bigfoot. And as several accounts of this. So if that's occurring, also, is there, there are so many ways that your consciousness can be apprehended here. This is one of the indicators to me, in my mind, that all of it's connected in some way. Because it has some calling cards, even down to the near-death phenomenon, the out-of-body experience and astral travel. They've got some elements that something bigger is going on, that there are questions to be asked. And I believe that that perhaps is enough. You know what I mean? That's enough for you to push your consciousness towards this elevated state of simply not taking for granted what you're being told as the reality around you and perhaps asking for yourself via this extra extraordinary experience that you had that can't be explained by modern science. And actually, they gaslight you and won't even look at the Bigfoot footage, right? And so there's sort of this um, gaslighting element that goes into it, even though perhaps they know exactly what's going on. But again, it's an indicator that there's some amazing things here, and perhaps that's motivation enough. Darcy, after this discussion, does it make you want to uh, get out there and maybe do another uh, 
documentary about Bigfoot Sasquatch along these lines? Um, <laughs> I've, I've had my uh, thoughts to, to do a third doc, but yeah, it would be more focusing around the people that are investigating the elusive creatures, and one of which is a friend of mine, Thomas Steenberg, who lives in just outside of Mission, British Columbia. He's been investigating since he lived in Alberta, you know, in his 20s, and he's now in his 50s. And he investigated Alberta, Canada, and then he was one of the guys I initially met in Harrison Hot Springs. And he moved out to British Columbia to be closer to the, the phenomenon, and the sightings, and the creature known as Sasquatch. So I think I will eventually do that story, but I'm just focusing right now on continuing to unveil the anomalies of space and ufos in uh you know the nasa space program and and the secret history of all that but that's a good segue let's talk about your most uh, recent film what's the uh, title of it again uh secret space ufos nasa's first missions what originally led you to uh, take this project on well, you know, I have always been interested in space, outer space, and the idea that one day we'll be a space-faring nation that will conquer other planets. And I've always been interested in UFOs. And when I saw that there was many different anomalies that were recorded throughout history of our early space travel, both to do with UFOs, you know, vehicles that were not flown by a man, witnessed by our early astronauts, and structures that were found on the moon that look like they're not natural. They, they look like they're man-made or from another civilization. I figured I should document this and, and put it together in, you know, the most sane but wild experience possible. This film, which I enjoyed very much, by the way, um, divided up into the various different early space programs, and starting uh, with the X-15. And I think that probably most people anymore have no idea what the X-15 program is. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that segment? Yeah, so the X-15 was a rocket-powered jet that connected to the side of a modified B-2 bomber. This mission really started being underway in the late 50s, around 1959, and NASA started as an organization. It was actually originally called NACA, and that started in 1958. In 1950, uh, one, they first started flying the X-15, you know, flying as high as they could in the B-2 bomber in the atmosphere and then launching this rocket off of a wing that was it was connected to. Um, and then that would propel the very first designation of an astronaut pilot into low Earth orbit. And while they were out there, uh, Joe White and Robert Walker, two of the um, you know early test flight astronauts, uh, both witnessed UFOs, 
And this was reported in Life magazine at first, um, and later on was further confirmed by uh, Major Walker. He actually snuck some still images out of the Hasselblad uh, photos that he had taken. And um, he was speaking at a conference and actually acknowledged to the public at that time that it was one of NASA's tasks for the pilots to take as many photos of UFOs if they were witnessed on each mission. Hmm. So, you know, fast forward to today, all of a sudden you have um, major news that NASA is putting together a UFO research panel, a group of different research backgrounds, scientists that are going to investigate the different UFO anomalies in history and try and finally give the public an answer on whether this is real or not. Well, I find it funny because, you know, if you look at the X-15 mission, which was the very first NASA designation of an astronaut, and you look at these missions where they're going into a world that's not hospitable to man, and they made observations, took uh, DAC motion picture footage and still images with a Hasselblad camera, um, and that carried on through throughout all astronauts did the same thing. They recorded evidence of things outside of our planet in space throughout the space programs of uh, Mercury and all the Gemini missions after the X-15. Let's break it here. We've got more to talk about. A secret space program. What is it? You like the way I whisper, folks? Brandon, Darcy, and Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News. 
Raphael Warnock, the Democratic incumbent for Georgia's U.S. Senate seat, is making the case on why he should be given a full six-year term. His Republican challenger, Herschel Walker, is making the case on why he should be chosen over Warnock. Both men have days left to make those arguments ahead of Tuesday's runoff election. Another judge in the Hoosier state has blocked Indiana's abortion ban ahead of that state's Supreme Court hearing oral arguments on an injunction that was implemented a week after the ban went into effect back in September. South Carolina will be first in the nation on the Democrats' presidential nominating calendar. Some party leaders have pushed to replace Iowa in the number one spot to reflect the party's diversity overall, but specifically giving a nod to black voters, the party's loyal base. The U.S. men's soccer team heading home from Qatar after losing to the Netherlands in the World Cup. You are listening to USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Darcy, please continue what we were going into in our previous segment. Yeah, so I was just saying that UFOs were witnessed on pretty much every major space mission in in early space history, space research history, NASA has denied that UFOs were ever a thing. In fact, they didn't want us to look into this. There's evidence that they didn't want the public taking this seriously quite early on in space history. But all of a sudden, they're starting up this research panel. And so part of my goal in making these documentaries is to make sure people understand that NASA might not be 
the authority that they say they are because they've been lying to us about this phenomenon and they've known about it since the beginning. The skeptics, especially with the uh, X-15 sightings, the skeptics always tried to dismiss what the pilots were seeing as, you know, parts coming off of the X-15 but and a lot closer rather than, than further away. But, I mean, there were actually films, interviews with these pilots not too long after their, their flights where they told these stories and pretty much dismissed what the skeptics were saying. You, you weren't there. This is what we saw. Yeah, that's right. That's a common theme. And, I mean, even when we talk about pilots that are chasing the Tic Tac UFO or the uh, Nimitz Go Fast footage that came out since 2017, you have the skeptics attacking the pilot's credibility. Oh, they don't know what they're looking at. They're not trained observers, but they are. They're supposed to know if an enemy craft is in their airspace. They're supposed to understand the craft that they're flying and that, you know, what they're looking at is not something coming off of it. I'm sure they're all of their indicators in the craft would tell them if their craft was falling apart like that. Hmm. Yeah, so I think the skeptics tell you don't trust a trusted source, don't trust anything, and, and that's the job of a skeptic to cast shadow and doubt on truth. It also seemed like that the these early pilots and even some of the earlier astronauts were a lot more open about discussing with the media their encounters, and that seemed to change after a certain point. Uh, any speculation? I mean, do you think that NASA you know, finally came to him and said, nah, don't talk about this kind of stuff? Yeah, I think after Project Mercury pretty much was the major, you had Scott Carpenter getting fired mm -hmm. because he got distracted a lot like other Project Mer Mercury astronauts were distracted by lights when they were floating around in their redstone capsule uh, orbiting Earth. And um, Scott Carpenter made a safe landing in, an o in you know, the ocean on, on Earth afterwards, but he missed his reentry point because he was so distracted by something he couldn't explain. NASA, I think, did a very important PR exercise to tell the public he just saw something that was water molecules, ice, space ice. That's what Jim Oberg and all of these other uh, skeptics will constantly say. It's just misidentified space ice, which it all can't be, but uh, sometimes it might be. But in this case, they fired Scott Carpenter as a NASA pilot. And um, I think they made an example of him. And you really see in every mission after that, astronauts always debunked, never talked about their UFO experiences to the public. You know, even if we have transcript data that shows that they saw things and they were commenting on things when they were out there observing something uh, outside of the capsule, they would be called up on those comments they made that w came up in trans transcript conversations between them and Capcom by press agents, and the press would be shut down immediately. So I think the astronauts were essentially told, 
shut up about that uh, and threatened. Brandon, you were going to say something. I, I was going to answer your question of, you know, perhaps and um, just a different perspective on why the astronauts weren't talking anymore. You know, I mean, with two words, Gus Grissom, hmm. you know, there was there was, um, you know, uh, the no president after Kennedy has questioned abolishing the Federal Reserve and telling all the people about the UFO. So I think, it, you know, things like that, as unfortunate as we probably would like that they don't exist, they send a pretty clear message. And we have two examples of those what we're talking about relevant that, uh, you know, kind of maybe prove the point that they're not to be messed with. You know, I mean, people have families and there's a family environment here and there's a very real possibility that that could be an issue. And I think that that is entirely plausible. We hear this with secret um, agencies all over the world that have this built into the narrative. You know, they know your family, they know everything about it. So there's a not a not a lot of incentive for people to come forward and to explain what they can't explain just simply by saying that they saw something. And, you know, maybe that there is something going on and maybe they are privy to information and it may be the same scenario. They're not allowed to talk about it at a level of severe threat of as actual impact to their reality. The early Mercury orbits, the astronauts all talked and were really flummoxed by what they called the fireflies. And there was, uh, I mean, and you referred to uh, Scott Carpenter, who was, who was really amazed by what he was seeing, and even went as far as, I guess, to knock on the side of the spaceship to see if these things were actually ice particles. Emanating. Yeah, yeah, emanating. That were coming from the side of the ship. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there was evidence that, you know, NH1 not NH2O, uh, because that would denote that there was oxygen in space if it, if it had O. But NH1 frozen um, is just nitrous that was coming off of a tank. And that did form outside of the capsule. That explains the very first um, sort of firefly experience that was witnessed by uh, the very first Mercury astronaut, um, Shepard. But um, I don't, I think Scott Carpenter's experience was explained away as the very same thing. I don't think he actually did see that. Um, because if you, if you listen to the recording from his mission, what he was saying when he saw it, he was saying something like, uh, there's something strange out here. We're, I don't know what it is. And he would have heard all of the exact same uh, descriptions that Shepard had made on the very first Mercury mission. Um, so it's my opinion that once he got back to Earth and, you know, NASA was going through their PR exercise to cover this up and make sure the public didn't think anything of it. Because remember, this was also a lot of this stuff was being radio broadcast. It was kind of like a War of the Worlds Orson Welles scenario when they would hear the astronauts confused and scared about something they're seeing. Um, so the press NASA had to deal with and say, oh, it was just 
space ice. It was just particles that had frozen and were revolving around the capsule, which we do know is the case for Shepard's mission. But I think NASA said that because they just wanted to continue on with that explanation. And I think Scott Carpenter knew he was going to be fired, but he didn't want to be also disgracing NASA by saying, no, it wasn't space ice. So he just went with that story. Darcy Ware and Brandon Thomas talking now about secret space program and other astronaut phenomena. With Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com, or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you.
Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text MONEY to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting the word DEMO, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text MONEY to 813-813. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Indeed, astronaut phenomena, astronauts reporting things. We've heard that through the UFO field for low these many years. But that itself indicates that perhaps the descriptions of seeing something unusual or being withheld it doesn't imply a secret space program however yeah it does it implies that there are secrets about our history flying into space researching deep space and the public is not privy to the real truth about what's going on and what has been tested out there what has been seen out there by our astronauts and that's what we're trying to unpack in this series of documentaries. And Brandon uh, was so kind to be featured in this documentary. Uh, he talked a bit about the X-15. He talked a bit about the astronauts' experiences on the different missions and possibly what NASA's role was in all of this. Yeah, 100%. And uh, just a fun fact about the X-15, if you guys want it here. The X-15's highest speed was 4,520 miles an hour, okay? Now, that was achieved October 3rd of 1967 by William J. Knight, who flew it at Mach 6.7 at 102,100 feet, which is like 19 miles, guys, by the way. And this set the official world record for the highest speed ever recorded by a crew-powered aircraft, which remains unbroken. Isn't that amazing? In the X-15. What was the date for that? Yeah, six October third, sixty-seven. It's pretty wild, but um, you know, one one thing that I find also very interesting is how we've got a lot of talk in the media right now about um, UFOs and UFO sightings and the Nimitz and the Tic Tac and um, Pyramid now UFOs and a lot of things with night vision goggles. But NASA absolutely silent on this. So they've been hearing about it since they've been blasting things off this rock. So. The interesting part to me is what's the shelf life on things like that with NASA? Like where, if your media is coming out, which that's a whole other topic in itself, it was being phrased incredibly militarized, which is, a, I believe, a perception management and an angle. Um, but really, NASA is completely silent on this. And no one thought, you know, what's the connection? If, if the Nimitz saw it, then it had to come from somewhere, which implies that perhaps, you know, based on the understanding, it came from space. But maybe it's silence tells us that it's not coming from space. Maybe it's something here, you know, an inner Earth phenomenon or interdimensional, something like that. I just find it very interesting that NASA's, NASA's 
crickets when it comes to the topic of UFOs, still to this day, even though it's being recognized. Do you think there's the possibility that, you know, because NASA has been around as long as it has, that the the early information that was gathered concerning UFOs with the uh, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo programs has been compartmentalized away so much that it's been forgotten about. The, the, the current people at NASA have no idea what occurred in the past because that information was never a need to know, and so it's somewhere along the point it just died somewhere. Somebody knows. I think that's too big of a thing. I don't believe that we lost all the trajectory uh, data for the moon. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. Like that's a monumental thing. You're not going to be taping, you know, episodes of Family Guy on top of the NASA missions. Mm. It, they needed the tapes for the things. Come on, you get fifty-eight billion, a million of our dollars rather, uh, a day. Um, I think it's up to sixty-four million now a day. And yet you couldn't spring for some high eight. What's going on, man? And. I just find again this this very very interesting this this whole sequester of information this ignorant angle and you know you're the space agency man you're you're calculating when people can land on the moon allegedly so how do you feign ignorant on this like it it may work for some people it just doesn't for me it really doesn't somebody knows exactly what's going on and if you've got people in your departments airbrushing things out then you're doing it for a reason you know. Oh well, that's 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 a good uh, thing to bring up, and uh, either one of you can comment on this. Uh, I mean, you you had in this film uh, uh, segments where people were coming forward saying that yes, NASA was doing that, airbrushing things out. Well, a- absolutely. I mean, you you've got Donna Donna Hare. I mean, her family. She spoke at the two thousand one press club club um, with uh, Greer. Uh, you've got people in NASA allegedly or were contractors that talk about people airbrushing things out. You, I've got a book. Uh, the episode I released on my show, Expanding Reality, today. Uh, Mary Joyce wrote a book called Spy in the Skies, and it's all about satellite photos where anomalous things that shouldn't be there on the moon, Mars, Antarctica, under our own oceans, near our sun. All of these things are documented in here, and she's got phenomenal research. Now, what's interesting is she has a website. When you go to her website the day and the next day after she posts something, and she does a print screen immediately, she grabs it right away. And whenever you go to her website, the next day you can cross-reference it with the link that she has for the actual coordinates on Google Earth, and it's blurred out. It looks like someone poured ink all over it. She has several, several examples of this. And so I jokingly said, of course, well, they're just watching you to find out what they missed, and then they just go <laughs> fix it, right? So it, it's, it's this intentional cover-up. And the thing is, it's like when you lie to people like that, it's like, what are you hiding? You know, with the green screening of stuff, and I know we've seen this. We've seen the video of the Chinese um, space uh, program that has their uh, station that has a glass of water sitting on the table. They just forgot to pull it out of frame before they faked it. You, you see these wires. You see this augmented reality, people disappearing around corners in the ISS before they make them. It, it's just like, what's going on? You know, it's... Um, I would love, I, I miss when we were kids, you know, and you could sit back and you could say, oh, the sun's cool and NASA, you know, instead of looking at it now and going, man, every time I wear that shirt, I think it's never a straight answer, you know, and I think it means to deceive in Hebrew. And um, I then cross-reference it with what they said the moon lander was and um, with no regolith in the, in the pads. And I mean, it's like, come on, man, you want it to be legit. And so I hope that whatever they're covering up is worth 
the shattered dreams. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel about it. It better be awesome, and you better tell us that it better be just super worth it. Well, Darcy, I mean, what's what's your opinion? I mean, you know, right now uh, NASA is you know seems to be saying that, hey, you know, we don't know what's going on, so we're you know we're going to uh, form this. Uh, this uh, committee to look in it, yet you go back all these years, it's just all kinds of information that they uh, they should have or should remember. I think NASA knows exactly what they're doing. They act as a scientific instrument on behalf of the military, and the military has all the interests of protecting the United States of, Amer- of America. Um so I think it's a bit of a a lark when they say they're just now interested in UFOs. I think they've always been interested in UFOs. It's just been a classified research program. Uh, and now they want to use this opportunity to go public and say either there's nothing here, guys, drop it, or there's something here and – there might be a um, reason for us to investigate it further scientifically in the public, or the last and final answer is maybe they want to, um, you know, collaborate with the newly announced Space Force and um, – be part of the defense strategy in space against this strange UFO behavior. Well, right from the very beginning, I mean, and not just with, you know, NASA, but, you know, the Air Force and the Navy, you know, all of them, there's been this attempt to keep a lid on everything. Uh Despite what everybody else is seeing and 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 saying, um, you know, I mean, why do you think if, as the Air Force always like to say, that UFOs present no uh, th- uh, threat to us? They've never said, "Oh, they're not real." They just said, "Oh, we can't find any threat." Okay, well, why still the cover up? I mean, that's, that's the question, isn't it? Um, you know, <laughs> the Air Force wasn't created until 47. And I can think of something else that's pretty monumental in our field that happened in 47. And it seems that it was in direct response to. And so it, it feels like there is actually, I mean, of course, there's a deliberate cover-up. But I think what it is more than anything is exactly what you just said. It's perception management. So that is what the name of the game is. It's not... Say that don't say they exist or invalidate the experience because we tried that with Blue Book through the Blue Book days and even Heineck at the end there, you know, uh, founded Sufos and they came out and said, of course it was legit, you know, and I wish I could have talked about so much more. So they're like, oh, that's kind of a bust. Before we bust this, Brandon, we got a lot more to talk about with you and Darcy in our next section. So it's Darcy, Brandon, Sheen, and Tim, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. All right, I'm trying to understand something you said, Brandon. We had, of course, the June 24th, 1947 sighting from Kenneth Arnold. And you said the Air Force was created around then. But wasn't this a natural progression of an Army agency rather than something triggered by UFOs? It wasn't the first time an Air Force was thought of, but I think that it perhaps was. I, I find it to be a very suspicious coincidence if that's the, you know, the timing on it is very suspect. Now, I will say that it was not the first crash. I mean, you got the Belgium crash at 38, that allegedly, again, the Nazis found and went down. And okay, Rod, you're, talking, you're comparing this to Roswell then? Uh, correct. Yeah, Roswell. Um, but I think the Arnold signing definitely started buzz. And then when you have uh, the official story being changed on Roswell the day after, again, it points to something now is going on. Something changed with that. Now, when you look at perhaps the psychology of why UFOs crash, this is one of my favorite things. You find them all over the place. You bring into question perhaps that they're being seeded here. Because you find a pretty big shift in the perception management of UFOs after the Roswell crash. You, you find a deliberate cover-up and a deliberate, no, it's not what happened, with people like Kehoe, you know, jumping out of, a, uh, out of a huge window, right? You have a lot of things that occur within a short period of time after that crash. And one could say that there was something pretty tremendous discovered there. And it's not the first time it's happened, and it's not the last. But there was something, again, dramatic that 
prompted a pretty big response from the Air Force and anything that came after it. In the production of this uh, film, Darcy, where do you find the, uh, the, the, the stock footage that really helps uh, carry it along? So you can get a lot of this from the NASA archives, the NASA Surface Journal, and actual TLI, the old space footage. You can look it up, TLI. You know, people were getting this on VHS and stuff back in the day, but we restored a lot of the footage and images um, to 4K. And then, uh, you know, the interesting thing is just like Brandon has explained, the data that you find online now has been scrubbed and replaced. So one of the researchers I partnered with was Carrie Martinuk. And uh, recently I partnered with Mike Barra. I don't know if you've ever, ever spoken to him, but uh, he quite famously did the book with Richard Hoagland, Richard C. Hoagland, called Dark Mission. And what Kerry Martinuk, as well as Mike Barra, noticed, and, and Richard Hoagland, in the making of all of the, this media, you know, downloading this footage and downloading these pictures, you'll notice quite obvious attempts to edit the photos and cover up data that's in the public. So, for example, if you go into Photoshop and you, you take a picture with your phone right now of uh, a dark, starry night, right? Some of the stars might turn up. The moon might be the brightest object in the sky that you can look at in your Photoshop. But if you go to color settings and you go to check the contrast and color of that photo although most of the photo will look black there will be all kinds of shades of black and the values will go anywhere from one to a hundred let's say right with these nasa photos that were uploaded and then later photoshopped even more the initial uploads show a black sky and let's say or uh space when the astronauts are taking a picture of the earth through the uh, window of the CSM you can see earth floating in a black void yeah and when these guys put it into photoshop they saw that everything outside of earth there was a small mask placed over top of earth and then everything beyond, let's say, like a centimeter in the photo was masked out and black was set to a degree of one, hmm. to a setting of one, a contrast of one. Meaning that only one color value fills that whole night sky. That's impossible unless the photo has been edited. And, you know, if you look at the, the same... Uh, Blue Marble series, which we analyzed and present in the documentary. These were all taken during the Apollo space missions. Um, the Blue Marble series has been edited twice. The first version, which Kerry Martinuk downloaded in uh, the early 2000s, 
that showed masking that I just described, where you just see the planet, and then outside of the planet, where there's just black space, everything that's black is set to a color value of one. And then for multiple photos, NASA realized that their Photoshop attempt to mask out the sky was so obvious. And recently, in around 2014, Mike Barra noticed they replaced the Blue Marble series with um, basically they filled in the night sky with all different values of grays and blacks. So if you do do color peaking, you start to see that it's not just one value of black anymore. So that shows that they're listening just like the example of Donna Hare uh, and Brandon explaining, they heard it, they went to it, they changed it. Um, this this has been happening to all kinds of researchers when NASA's been called out for altering the photos and the footage. Some of these photos that you that you have on the documentary, the um, attempts to hide things are really rather clumsy. Now, I mean, you know, uh, something that, that could very easily have been done with the uh, the, the, the clone stamp in, in Photoshop. It just looks like somebody was handed this photo and said, you know, cover it up. <laughs> and they did what they had available at their desk. Yeah, I think, you know, in earlier days, no one would be that wise to it. But everybody um, that's growing up these days... Um, take some form of computer multimedia class, you know, in maybe late elementary school and even high school for sure. I did. And there's more technology at these kids' disposal than ever. Photoshop is something everybody can get their hands on now. And so many, many, many researchers have looked at the photos that have come out of the NASA archives and it's just obvious that they keep updating it and changing their attempts to lazily Photoshop things out to something more sophisticated now. Even more to that, you can take Photoshop, uh, which has been done with the same, same NASA photos, and look at the astronauts on the moon and look at our Earth in the background and see that it is very clearly Photoshopped. Now, not I'm not flat earther. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that photo was incredibly photoshopped. The researchers have broken that one uh, specifically down time and time again. This is also where you get the spire on the moon and things like this from the shadow um, that was not cropped out. And then in other satellite photos of the region, it is cross-referencing it. So there is a deliberate attempt uh, to hide things up there. And that's, you know, uh, very interesting to me. You know, our tax dollars are going to lie to us about the coolest thing ever. The other aspect of your film is the uh, transcripts that you were able to get a hold of and uh, uh, and, and and show. You know, we have to break right now, Tim, and then we'll continue with your question because it's important as we explore a part of. UFO field, part of this world of science that isn't being talked about enough. And some people think it's crazy. Some people think it's not. Brandon, Darcy, Jean, and Tim, you're in the Pericast.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-932-5140. 800-932-5140. 800-932-5140. That's 800-932-5140. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guide with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Tim, I interrupted you rudely, as is my want, because I want to be rude. Please continue your question. Interrupted out of necessity. The, the, the transcripts that they were able to find and include in this documentary are really interesting, I think, because you have a lot of these astronauts that at a certain, at, at a certain point when they're, they've been interviewed by the media about possible UFO sightings, most of them will deny seeing anything. Yet then we have these transcripts that, even though that they had been classified for, I, th- I think, up to 12 years and then, and then released, seem to show something different. Yeah, the transcripts come at this time in space history from a device called the VTR. It's kind of like a, a flight and data recorder that you'll find on most uh, commercial flights these days, just in case the flight goes down, they can retrieve the black box and they can find out, okay, what really happened? So this technology was being tested in space in those days, and the astronauts would observe anomalies or they would observe things that they were seeing flying around their craft, and they would call them out. They would say, what is that? What is that light there? It's moving. And all this different sort of cryptic speech about things they didn't understand that were flying around them. Now, these are supposed to be trained observers. There shouldn't be many things flying up there at this time in history. There just shouldn't be other satellites up there. There shouldn't be, you know, Russian cosmonauts in a big way. There should be mostly just them. And so you can equate many of these sightings to being UFO sightings. And, uh, We discussed that in the documentary. Uh, There's multiple different missions that the transcripts show this, and most of it comes from the Gemini missions. Yeah, there was one, I can't remember which one it was, where one astronaut was really getting excited about what he was seeing and and couldn't convince his partner (laughs) to take the time to actually look at it. He was like, no, there's something here. The other one's like, oh, no, we got to work. Don't look at it. (laughs) It's almost like uh, the other astronaut is like, you're going to get us in trouble to shut up. Exactly. And I think that was the common stance of the astronauts post-Mercury mission. All the Gemini and Apollo astronauts were not to talk about that type of thing. They knew what the outcome would be if they did. They probably would get fired. They would be ridiculed. Their career as an astronaut would be over. Most of them were living, you know, they were living a dream. They were famous. They got, you know, a lot of them, I'll say this, some astronauts were single at the time. And when they got back to the planet, they were having a fun time on the planet. press tours, meeting all kinds of ladies, right? So there was all kinds of perks to their job, let's say. And uh, it's too bad that UFOs were not a perk that they cared to discuss in the public. <laughs> well, there was there was one instance where 
the astronaut kept referring to a bogey. And then later, during an interview, he said that, yeah, well, when he was saying bogey, that's just the term he was using for, uh, I think, one of the uh, lower stages that was accompanying them in orbit. They were using that to take uh, fixes on. But it just seemed odd that he was using that term, which is well known for something uh, unidentified. Yeah, so you're... Yes, yes. So you're referring to the Gemini 7 UFO uh, that was witnessed by Frank Borman. He debunked that heavily whenever somebody asked him about it. But, you know, the, the major thing here is that, again, NASA was training their astronauts not to talk about these types of anomalies in the public. Bogey usually refers to a person or sorry not a person to a enemy craft or an unidentified craft when pilots are in normal airspace right now he was i think he was told to say that that was the agena craft that they were trying to line up with the agena craft is essentially uh another part of their it's like when they, when the rocket breaks apart, the Agena craft gets launched on a different mission uh, from the module, the, the 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 capsule, and then the capsule they want to dock with the Agena craft to do spaceflight maneuvering tests and figure out okay how are we going to actually maneuver in space and actually continue to use fuel to propel our way towards the moon, right? Remember that Gemini was considered the bridge to the moon. It was the missions that were, they would do all the technical practices to eventually head to the moon through cislunar space, you know, the, the, the depths of space between our planet and the moon. And the Agena craft was an early rendition of, you know, uh, the CSM and the lunar module docking that they would do on the Apollo missions. So he was saying, oh, when we said the bogey, we were just speaking about the Agena craft and we were trying to target it so we could link up with it. Well, why wouldn't you just call that the Agena craft? Why would you call it a bogey? It makes no sense other than to report, hey, guys, there's something here we don't understand that's in our our flight path. Just letting you know there's something here. Well, you know, some of the rumors about secret space programs say that we never left the moon. We continue to send man to the moon and to possibly other planets with more advanced spacecraft. What's your take? Ooh, now we're talking. This is my jam. Darcy, are you gonna, you, do you want to take this? Go for it, man. You, you take that. Man, I recently had uh, Tony Rodriguez on, and uh, he was uh, allegedly a part of the 20 and Back program. Now, um, it's very interesting where we're talking about secret space and the, you know, McKinnon, where he revealed that there was allegedly terrestrial officers he found in a document that uh, was, you know, labeled Solar Warden, Operation Solar Warden. And I find this very interesting. 
I, I really enjoy the stories of, you know, the Charles A.A. A. Belshaw's work with the breakaway civilization and the airships of the late 1800s, early 1900s. There were these incredible sightings of these airships um, that were manned by humans and that were highly advanced and had electric lights where they didn't at the time. And there was just a rash of these sightings and encounters where they would land, seem to need to do something mechanically to the craft or operationally. And they would talk to people that they found. They would ask for weird things sometimes or, excuse me, a cup of coffee or something like that. I'd show the people around the craft, kind of tell them about it, and then wave off and then be gone. We are going to be gone right now for a moment. And then Darcy, Brandon, Gene, and Tim will continue. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. USA Radio News. Raphael Warnock, the Democratic incumbent for Georgia's U.S. Senate seat, is making the case on why he should be given a full six-year term. His Republican challenger, Herschel Walker, is making the case on why he should be chosen over Warnock. Both men have days left to make those arguments ahead of Tuesday's runoff election. Another judge in the Hoosier state has blocked Indiana's abortion ban ahead of that state's Supreme Court hearing oral arguments on an injunction that was implemented a week after the ban went into effect back in September. South Carolina will be first in the nation on the Democrats' presidential nominating calendar. Some party leaders have pushed to replace Iowa in the number one spot to reflect the party's diversity overall, but specifically giving a nod to black voters, the party's loyal base. The U.S. men's soccer team heading home from Qatar after losing to the Netherlands in the World Cup. You are listening to USA Radio News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. 
Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Brandon, we've got you in your element here. Weird, Uh, weird stuff. uh, Tell us more. When you scale that up from the late 1800s to exceptional things that were going on that were not told to the public at the time, uh, based on maybe an independent group, perhaps it was a secret society element in this where there was a lot of technology involved. There's allegedly this Marconi connection uh, to a breakaway civilization. All of it fun. I love all of it. So if you think of this and then scale it up, and then you you have a gentleman like Tony Rodriguez, who, again, I had on the show, and we were talking about the technology being used to facilitate what our modern secret space program looks like. And it's incredible. Uh, he's talking about a clone body that was used instead of his own uh, that t- took his consciousness, onboarded it, uh, he carried out his 20 years, which he called slavery, as actually a, not a cool experience of the secret space program. It's not as cool. His experience of it was not as cool as you want it to be. There's not a lot of lasers and gunfighting and cool stuff like that. It's a lot of takeover, a lot of us walking into cultures and kicking over tables and kind of taking over. And it's an interesting perspective. But this idea that you can transfer your consciousness from your body now to a body that's yours uh, that will age and then be discarded it's a very interesting element. I think just that alone calls a deep you know, psychological conversation, and especially uh, tying it into some contact reports that the graves themselves simply refer to us as vessels. And this idea that we're just kind of a, it's a ride, and this is your car, but there's something greater going on that's driving the vehicle that's more you than what you think you are. And when you look at this as far as this age regression and then memory wipe technology, then you, you perhaps can say, well, either this is a man-made technology that was scaled up and just independently evolved, or perhaps these things that we're seeing in the sky gave us help. And maybe there's some sort of effort involving all of it that the general public on this planet don't know about, but that there's a faction of actual humans, a great population of them, that know exactly what's going on. And according to Mr. Rodriguez, they have bases on the moon where the Grey's aliens and a bunch of other civilizations work together um, in conjunction or at least side by side. I kind of jokingly called it like a food court where it's just all their little stands and you have the reptilians over there and yeah, don't mess with them. They're a little grouchy, but everyone's kind of up there kind of doing it together. 
And it seems to me that this idea on a technological level would make a lot of sense. Uh, it wouldn't, in my mind, be hard to hide that sort of technology from a populace, perhaps like Bigfoot as well. You know, it's been hiding for a long time. What is it, the hide-and-go-seek champ, right? So if you look at it like that, then you're sitting here saying, well, maybe it's all ours, you know, which I don't necessarily subscribe to. But perhaps, you know, the things that we're seeing and the incredible stuff that looks like we're not capable of doing it is exactly the biggest ruse of all. It's actually ours, and we are capable of doing it. It's right there. And evidence, you know, within the secret space program perhaps could support that. But the argument against something like that is why, if we have that, why are we bothering hoaxing to everyone the uh, the use of chemical rockets and, you know, sending men in, in, you know, little tiny barely shielded capsules and things like that when, you know, we, we may have something that is of uh, much higher technology that can, you know, go to the moon in uh, just a couple of minutes. An outstanding question, and my answer to it would be that it's all part of the perception management, because it wouldn't take a human long to figure out that if we could go into the moon in a matter of minutes and do what these craft can do, then we don't need to be paying for our electric bill. Um, electricity and free energy would be everywhere. This scales up to us being an type two civilization, and I just don't think that the people who are steering the ship for the time being feel that we as a populace are able to handle that. And it's much easier to control people if they don't think that they can hop in a ship and just zip over to the moon real quick. The access that the general population would have to that and the implications of it uh, I've also spoken with a lot of people that say that because it's all connected, the second we introduce zero gravity to anyone, they're going to be able to time travel. Now, these are physicists. These are uh, people who do quantum computing. You know, this is not some dude in his basement. There's some, and I'm not going to reveal the sources, but there's some people I've talked to that, that claim this. And I, I believe them uh, because of who they are. So there, this has great far-reaching implications. And this is a great frustration with us as researchers, especially observing and, and being as involved as we are into the understanding that this technology exists. This isn't a Jules Verne's novel. This is occurring in our skies, and it's all over the place, and people are having incredible experiences. And then you talk to contactees that get to fly the ship, like, what? And so it, it's incredible. But the other but to that is... is our populace, the people who are steering the ship, feel we need to be controlled. And with the technology available to us, we wouldn't be able to be controlled. And I think that that's really the crux of it. I, I believe that it would liberate us too much, perhaps, at our current cognitive understanding and conscious development to the point of extinction. Very possibly. I can agree with most of that that Brandon just said. I think the liquid rocket technology has been out since World War II. Uh, we've mastered that long ago, and uh, we continue to use it because of industry and control of the populations but uh, and, and the economy and, you know, business. So, so, yeah, I think the NASA space program by far was a PR exercise and um, it still is. I think there's definitely footage and pictures being beamed back from the recent Artemis mission that seemed to not look right to me. So I think 
the population of the planet is going to get wiser. We live in the age of information. Everything's at our fingertips, on our cell phones, surrounding us. Someday we're going to be integrated with it. At one point, they're going to have to come clean about certain truths in in regards to our reality. Uh, those truths are going to be that we're not alone in the universe and that there must be other intelligences out there that are non, non-human. Um, and the other part of that truth that they're going to have to admit is that we have the technologies that that some of these uh, UFOs, these vehicles that are flying in space and airspace around our planet, um, we have been testing some of that technology and we could use some of that technology. But I feel like um, that is going to be the harder one for for the public to grasp uh, and the harder truth to be revealed to the public. Um, so, you know, expanding your reality, I think, is going to be the name of the game. And that's where Brandon Thomas comes in. And I think he'll be your man to expand the ideas uh, and the consciousness of mankind. Hey, Darcy, you're going to have to make an early exit, but can you tell our listeners if they want to know more of the things you do, where do they go? They can uh, check out my website, occultjourneys.com. I'm also on YouTube as Occult Journeys, uh, at Occult Journeys, um, Instagram, Darcy Weir Films, and TikTok, Darcy Weir Films. So, and, and Twitter, uh, if people want to find me there. Well, you know, the way things are working with Twitter, we don't know if anyone will be able to find things there. Go ahead. Well, yeah, if people want to see my films, they're on Amazon, iTunes, uh, YouTube Red, Google Play, all kinds of streaming service, uh, services, even Vudu. Ah, yes, Vudu. They offer a lot of interesting product, Darcy Weir. Brandon Thomas will be with us for the remainder of the show and our After the Paracast premium podcast. But, Darcy, great meeting you. We should talk again in the near future. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Absolutely, guys. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, and take care. Brandon, continuing with us, with Gina and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus.
Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492 800-509-4492 That's 800-509-4492 Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, as we continue the show, Brandon Thomas is here listening to Darcy Weir in previous segments talk about the possibilities of a secret space program that we may be be using alien technology. That sounds like the TV show Stargate SG-1, doesn't it? 
It does. We're like Star Trek, which came out much, much earlier. And actually, Gene Roddenberry was allegedly very uh, involved with perception management of the public's opinion about spaceflight and also very involved and directly connected to the CIA and NASA. So there's an interesting way they go about presenting information. Now, there's an interesting thing also that's referred to as revelation of the method, meaning that if there's something going on that you should know about, but the people who should tell you don't directly come out and say it, there's a way of going about it. You mentioned it earlier when saying that they're not a threat. Okay, that's not saying that they're not real. Okay, that's like telling a child something to the same equivalent. It's the same reading level that conversation is coming at you at. These are your leaders. Those are the people that you're trusting to give you the correct information. So it just seems to be interesting that this is pervasive in our culture. I've had a gentleman on the show I highly would recommend anyone to named Robbie Graham. And he wrote an awesome book called Sober Screen Saucer. And it's about the perception management, exactly what we're talking about, deliberate suppression and cover-up of in just feature-length films and TV, how they reveal aliens and alien technology and UFOs. There's a story that Robbie tells about Spielberg when he was going to make uh, The Third Kind. And he wrote to NASA, wrote to the Army for resources. Uh, filmmakers will do this. You know, Darcy, when he scales up, phenomenal filmmaker, by the way, I love him. Uh, when he scales up, he'll be asking the military for jets to be used in background shots and for B-roll and stuff. Well, this is what directors did, and especially back in those days. When he wrote in, not only did the military refuse, but also NASA took it upon themselves to write him and tell Spielberg that they didn't think it was a good idea that he made the film. So the fact that even NASA's involved in storytelling in fiction, right? I mean, that's just science fiction. It's just a movie. Why would NASA care if it was made or not? I find these to be the, the very important questions when it comes down to it. By the way, Robbie Graham was on the Paracast April 10th, 2016 and June 11th, 2017. Plus, we had some of the people who have written books and book chapters for him on the show. So he's a very interesting, cutting edge thinker. And we're happy to know about it. Well, I love that. Yeah. And now you know the rest of the story. But I wanted to ask you here, all the stuff that's allegedly going on, and I wanted to just go back to Stargate SG-1 because the difference between Stargate SG-1 and Star Trek, Star Trek is in the far future, 300 years or so in the future, give or take, whichever show you listen to. But Stargate SG-1 is contemporaneous. Uh, yes, I love the delineation. I love that you pointed this out. Yeah. It is about this agency... The Stargate Command, with access to an alien device that allows you to travel across wormholes to other star systems called a Stargate. And the reason I even bring it up is there's a story, published story now, I don't know if you saw it, it's rather technical, which means I have no idea what they're talking about, except they created some mini wormholes in a quantum physics laboratory. Now, we're over at 2022 and the show is being recorded what it tells me is i don't know how long it'll take but we're developing some interesting things that might indicate a future way of traveling that's more efficient more effective if we can perfect it absolutely and don't disagree and the way that i look at this is if it's being presented to you they already know exactly how it works if it's being presented to you at its infinitesimal stage as if it's some far-flung thing 
then they probably have a much greater understanding and handle and awareness on it than they're ever going to let you know. We know this is true about the military itself, just for a gun, let's say, for any hardware. What we're aware of is years. Some say 50, some say 150, and, and who knows? When you bring things like the secret space program into the conversation, perhaps it's a lot greater than that, years beyond the technological access that people have to things in the, in the private sector. Whenever you look at things like even that, there's a big, big world out here. And I think even just questioning it just a little bit and stepping into the UFO phenomenon just a little bit, just click on the news and entertain that for a minute, then you can really go far with it, like really far with it. Let me ask you, though, really, people who hear us talk about secret space programs, and I don't necessarily buy the concept, although it's interesting from an academic point of view, perhaps, how does one go about proving any such thing? You can't. That's the best part of it, right? Um, I think that just like anything, true discovery here is a very personal one. And so I think, though, that that perhaps is built into the mechanism of discovery itself. It's, it must be for the chosen few. It must not be something that is as widely accepted and provable as to not sustain the mysteriousness of it. And I think that this is what the phenomena presents in itself and all of its beautiful factors. If it's paranormal, uh, if it's Bigfoot, if it's UFOs, if it's a direct contact experience that healed you, your cancer, you know, or something like that, then it's very impactful. But it's for you. It's not for everyone. And it seems to me that, you know, this idea that it's for everyone, really, you and I can have an emotionally intelligent conversation about how if you gave your neighbor right now, either side of you, uh, a UFO, what, what would be done? You know, uh, what at level are we able to consciously interface with that thing? Now, I think that there could have been a better job done, if I'm being very opinionated about this, it's only my opinion. I think there could have been a better job done on preparing us as a whole conscientiously for for that interface and for that liberation but i think that it's been deliberately suppressed for a mechanism of control and that has put it out of most folks's reach just conceptually and so when you look at it from that perspective it's it's not for everyone you know i mean i use psychedelics i will tell you straight out they're not for everyone and so perhaps it's the same thing maybe it's it's not meant to be at that level you look at research that was being done in the 1950s on anti-gravity and field propulsion, yet by around 1960, that information on the research disappeared. Nick Cook pointed out in his book, The Hunt for Zero Point, that when this happens with uh, conventional warfare weapons, that this means that progress is being made and that the top secret blanket has been uh, put over everything. I agree wholeheartedly. I would say that that's exactly what happened. This is also why, you, again, back to the perception management we were speaking of earlier about the time of 47, about the Roswell crash, it was handled very differently. And, you know, that also could be an indication of the same phenomena, that they were actually making headway and that they made a huge discovery that they found was not suitable for us mere uh, muggles, as they would say, us little folk. Brandon, where can we find more of your stuff? Yes, sir. I run a show called Expanding Reality, and we do just that. Uh, it's a verb for a reason. And uh, you can find that at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's going to link you to all the socials. Uh, the lives are replayed there. We have a whole U- Too Hot for YouTube section where we play the stuff that YouTube has said that we're not allowed to, just asking questions. And that's going to link up for everything, guys. So we can be found at uh, wherever podcasts are served, YouTube and Rockfin as well. 
Fast question. Why does YouTube not allow something? There's some elements of speech that for a little while there, and it, per- it continues to exist, um, weren't considered real, and therefore they weren't considered valid for an argument, which is always suspect. If you can't have all the information, there has to be something going on. And we experienced that with a lot of other content creators on simply asking some questions about some factual information that was being brought up that was counter to official stories that were being held pretty tightly. We're going to have them as a guest also on our premium podcast after the Paracast or Paracast Plus listeners. There's a lot more to talk about there. Whether you accept it or not. Whether you accept Twitter or not, you can find us on Twitter as the Paracast. Facebook won't let us put the URL for the Paracast.com on there, nor Tim's site either, conspiracyjournal.com. So we'll pass them by. We have branded merchandise at the Paracast.shop. That's the Paracast.shop. The logos with the t-shirts and the caps and everything. We also have the Paracast Plus. The Paracast.plus is a place to sign up in seconds. We offer the After the Paracast podcast. Once again, Brandon will be with us there. Also, this show free of the network ads with higher quality audio. How can you beat it? Special over subscription rates, and we offer this deal. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a 20% discount on five-year lifetime memberships. Check out the Paracast.plus, P-L-U-S, the Paracast.plus. Brandon, great meeting you. Thank you for being on the Paracast. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.